This is Heather Bushman for N equals one, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Except today on N equals one, because we're gonna do something a little different. We're going to hear from one patient. And instead of listening to me and one of my colleagues co-hosting an explainer episode on some hot topic in science, I'm going to let our guest do most of the talking. And not so much about science, though he definitely benefited from it. Instead, he's going to share his personal story about discovering he had oral cancer, cancer of the tongue, and undergoing a clinical trial at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. And that person is no other than... I am Ricky Rocca, and I play drums for Poison for a living. And I'm a daddy of two. Jude and Lucy, three and seven years old. You may remember Poison for their big hits in the 80s. Every Rose Has Its Thorn is a personal favorite of mine. As you'll hear him explain, Ricky underwent an experimental immunotherapy, that approach to fighting cancer that gives your own immune system a boost, better enabling it to recognize and destroy cancer cells. More on that a little later, so we can just get to my conversation with Ricky which we recorded the day he was in for a scan to determine whether or not his immunotherapy had truly worked. In other words, whether his cancer was truly gone or not. So it was a big moment. When we met, Ricky had had the scan that morning, but wouldn't know the results until the next day. It's a scary waiting period, full of what he likes to call anxiety. Here's Ricky picking up the story in the middle of last year, mid-2015, when he first knew something was wrong and went to a doctor. So I started having, I want to say it was probably in June, I believe, where I had like, I've always had sinus trouble. Most of the time when I get sick, it is from a sinus infection. You know, otherwise I'm pretty in, I'm in good shape. And uh, so I went to him and I had a sinus infection, sore throat, and he put me on a course of antibiotics. I came back and I said, I'm still not better. What do I do? He said, well, it might be a little resistant, let's try again. And I said, well, what I'm concerned about though is I've got this big lymph node and I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I don't even want to do any more antibiotics. I just want to know if this lymph node's okay. And he said, well, it's a little worrisome, let's scope you. I want to see if there's another uh, infection going on somewhere mm-hmm. else, so let's take a look. And he did, and um, so he kind of sat down, took his glasses off and said, I, we need to talk we need to do a biopsy on this, mm. on your tongue, because I see fullness at the base of your tongue. I'm not sure what's going on, but the only way to do it is to biopsy it. I could also biopsy your lymph node, but I really want to go right to where I think if there was cancer, that would be the primary. So, so I went from thinking I'm going to walk out of there with another prescription of antibiotics to, oh my God, what the heck is going on? And so I went in, they knocked me out. He did Swiss cheese with my base of my tongue, and it came back infected tissue, but no cancer. So we kind of went, what the heck is going on? He said, well, I'm not trusting it, but let's go ahead and do some steroids this time, and a slightly different antibiotic, and just just see if that works. So we did, and the lymph node did go down slightly, but he said, I'm not trusting it, let's do a biopsy on the lymph node. So we did a biopsy on the lymph node. Lymph node came back negative. After all that, you'd think Ricky and his doctor would give up, just happy that it wasn't cancer. 
but Ricky just wasn't feeling better. And so the first doctor referred him to another doctor for yet another biopsy. And so he did his own on the lymph node, slightly different modality and got, got it. And uh, I was actually playing an acoustic gig with a friend of mine in Michigan, I think it was, when he called me. Mm. And uh, so I had to go on stage a couple hours later. Oh my gosh. Like three shows, you know. I think that was the first of three or four shows I had to do over the weekend. So that was a little uneasy. But, you know, he did make me feel like, okay, we're going to get rid of this. So I jumped into treatment. It was extremely difficult, as anyone that's been through head and neck cancer knows, uh, because you're doing two things at once, and one's bad enough, but you do both, and it's really not fun. But I got through it. I got through it amazingly well. I didn't get on a feeding tube. I think the doctors were like, wow, this is great. I'm so glad to see somebody come through this so well. Can't wait to get your scan. It's three months after all my treatments. And this is just February of this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I was done with treatment in November and then um, mm -hmm. December, January, February, yes. So February 12th, I got the scans and um, it was bad. I mean, it, the base of tongue was still lit up. <laughs> lymph nodes on the right were lit up. Lymph nodes on the left were lit, lit up and going up the side of the tongue at the, towards the tip of the tongue. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it beat me down. You yeah. know, that when I saw that scan, I just went, wow. It looked like a Christmas tree. This pet CT scan was lit up. Oh. Quick note, that's Ricky's girlfriend, T.C. Smith, you hear in the background. She wasn't mic'd, unfortunately, but she was there for a conversation and has been a big part of helping Ricky through his journey. You'll hear more from her off and on, and you might need to turn the volume up a bit for her. Sorry about that. Yeah. After all, all you've been through. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Uh. What is your life like at this point while, while you have this and you're going through all these treatments? I mean, are you? You know, I was trying to push through. I was trying to ride my motorcycle. I was trying to be with my kids. I was, you know, trying to go back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is something I've been doing for 18 years. Um, and it was, it was tough, but I was starting to do it. Uh, I lost a lot of weight because you, I, I'm still not back, you know. Um, it's probably going to take a little while yet for that. But, um, you know, I just couldn't swallow very well, you know. I mean, that's really what it came down to. And I noticed that for the first month I started to get better, you know. Taste started to come back. Started, and then all of a sudden I started to backslide. I started to get lymphedema. The lymphedema got bad. And then I could feel the lymph nodes pushing up. And I thought, maybe it's from the lymphedema, you know, kind of pushing against the lymph nodes. But normally it's... That's not really the case, but so, um, you know, all my suspicions were right. So for somebody like me, who's a little bit of a hypochondriac to begin with, you know, all I have to do is be proven 100% right and, you know, it really sets you, you know. So um, I had never, I've, I may look like a guy that does drugs, but I'm just not a guy that does drugs. I don't care about alcohol, I don't care about drugs. And all of a sudden, I'm going, you're going to have to give me Xanax or something. This is freaking me out. Because I knew at that point, my options became much more limited. Now I couldn't go back into radiation. <coughs> I have two kids. I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. Mm. And uh, the seven-year-old's a boy. So Jude is his name. And um, 
there was one time during radiation that got so bad when I would, basically this is what I would do. I had my little formula. I would get water, then water with salt, salt and baking soda, and then I would have my magic mouthwash and my shake. So I would do the magic mouthwash, wait for 15 minutes till it would numb up really good, then I'd do the shake, then I'd chase it with some water, then I'd chase it with a little bit of salt, salt water and get all the residual out, and then I'd chase it with a little more water. And if I had to do a little magic mouthwash just to calm it down, I would do that. Well, I got to the shake phase and I was like, tears started to roll down my eyes, like this. And Jude comes running out going, hey daddy, and looked at me. Had never seen Daddy cry, mm. and it was wasn't really crying so much as it was just you know what I mean. And he fell apart. He was like, "What's the matter? What's the matter?" And I said, "Daddy has cuts in his throat." Oh. That's and the worst. And so, um, so I, he gave me a big hug and everything like that. And it, was, and it was like he became he had to be the man for a minute and comfort Daddy. And I was like, "Well, he understood what I taught him then." That's, you know, that's what just happened. And so that was a really cool moment. So um, one time, I'd say, when I first started coming down here, he goes, Daddy, you're not going to go to the hospital and get more cuts in your throat, are you? I thought I was going to go down here and they're doing it to me. You know? I'm like, no, no, no. They're, they're here to make it better. You know what I mean? So, God, what a scary, scary, scary time. Every step of it, every step of it, it was like... Every step of it, she was there for mm. She's the hero. But he, he, the whole thing through it, he was like, he kept saying, I've got to be there for my son, and I want to be able to dance with my daughter out of the way. Oh. Mm. She's been amazing. She's been amazing. You're lucky. She'll put on music and make me dance if she can tell that I'm hitting it, you know. It's, it's scary. I got up and took a shower and got dressed and looked as good as I could every day to go to radiation. Mm. Just because it made me feel yeah. better. He, he didn't let the cancer define him. He defined what the cancer was going to be to him. Mm. So to sum it up, things were not going well for Ricky. His quality of life had really suffered from the chemotherapy and radiation, all with the hope that it would get his oral cancer in remission. And here was this horrible scan. After all that, all that he'd been through, the cancer was still spreading. And so I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was really, yeah. really, you, really, really scared. It seems like you were running out of options, right? Yeah. I mean, at that point, Ricky's doctors in Los Angeles felt their only option was a glossectomy, total surgical removal of his entire tongue. Luckily, that's also when Ricky first heard about immunotherapy and end up coming down to Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. So the other option was, you know, to remove the tongue. I mean, you're talking about the top, you know, down here, epiglottis. I mean, the whole bit. I mean, I'd be a mute. Yeah, that's extreme. Huge, life-changing stuff. And I've seen some of these guys in the waiting room, and, I mean, I was just absolutely scared to death. Um, so uh, I said... Is there anywhere else I could go that there may be a trial that definitely I could get in? He said, I do have a friend at, uh, um, at UCSD, 
and he does a lot of trials. He's one of the leading doctors in this area. And I said, would you reach out to him on my behalf? He said, I'd love to. So two days later, I got an email. They said, would you like for you to come down and talk to us? And I raced down here. And um, uh, what was kind of crazy is that um, after that, they said, uh, we do have to do several testing things for you. And, um, and there's just a lot of things to get you on the trial. So we can't just push the button and say you're on the trial. Unfortunately, we just can't do it that way. So I said, okay, what about next week? And they said, well, if you're going to be on it, then we'll know next week. I said, great. My daughter's birthday is Tuesday, and I'm taking her to Disneyland. It's going to be a real fun week. So I took her Monday night. <clears throat> and, uh, and so Tuesday we morning we were there and I was had been praying and wishing and that I get on the trial and Tuesday morning Dr. Cullen called me and said I think Tony Lee's gonna call you and get you in the queue let's get going on this let's get rid of this cancer for you and so uh, I came down here I left everybody they all went in a separate car went home and I drove down here and spent the week by myself so let's pause Ricky's story here for a sec to explain a bit more about this immunotherapy clinical trial that he got into here at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. The trial is testing a combination therapy with two different drugs. The first drug is called Keytruda. It's the same drug that helped Jimmy Carter's metastatic melanoma into remission. It works like this. It inhibits an abnormal interaction between the molecule PD-1 on immune cells, T cells, and the molecule PDL1 on cancer cells. Normally, when PD-1 receptors bind PDL1 proteins on the surface of these other cells, it tells the T cells that those are healthy self cells, so they don't overreact and cause autoimmune reactions. In this case, the T cells are like theater ushers checking tickets. So if you have a ticket, you may pass. But many cancer cells take advantage of this protective mechanism by basically forging a bunch of tickets, PDL1 molecules, displaying an overabundance of them on their surfaces. These PDL1 proteins tell T cells to leave the cancer cells alone. So enter checkpoint inhibitors like Keytruda. These are antibodies that disrupt that PD1 PDL1 interaction essentially revealing cancer cells as fraud and allowing T cells to recognize and attack tumors like they should. The second experimental immunotherapy drug Ricky receives in the trial is called, bear with me, epicatastat, I think that's how you say it, which inhibits the IDO pathway. IDO is a cellular system that suppresses immune cell function and allows tumors to evade the immune system kind of a one-two hit, a double whammy to his cancer. The way Dr. Patel broke it down was, you know, for guys like me that my immune system does respond to the drug and I have enough of my own immune system to do it, this is the right option. Dr. Sandeep Patel, who Ricky just mentioned, is one of his doctors and an immunotherapy expert in here at Morris Cancer Center. And he puts it like this. We know that the immune system is able to reject what it sees as foreign, whether it's an infection or whether it's a mismatched organ. And cancer is really not much different than a mismatched organ that won't stop growing. And so why immunotherapy had not traditionally been able to work against cancers with that concept 
is something that's really um, changed my thinking about cancer, about immunotherapy, and how to make a person's cancer appear like a foreign organ so their immune system rejects it is really central. We'll hear more from Dr. Patel later, but for now, back to Ricky, describing the night of the first day he started taking his combination immunotherapy. I, I did the infusion and the pill, went back to my hotel room, and I decided to stay for the night in case anything went sideways. I could just race back down here. I uh, texted Dr. Cohen at 10 o'clock at night going, oh my God, my tongue is inflating like a raft. I mean, it was just getting huge. And he goes, that's great. Hang in there. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm scared. He's like, this is great news. It really is. Trust me. And it was those T cells attacking the tumor. Yeah, I'd say for about the first... I'm guessing about the first six weeks, maybe? Yeah, about the first six weeks, every time I would do the pill, uh, I would get like swelling for about two hours, two to three hours. It would make it a little hard to eat. I could feel it like all tingly. I could feel different tingling, almost like it was just setting off something. And it wasn't my imagination. I mean, I could feel it. Then came the big moment. Was the immunotherapy working? Ricky went back to see his oncologist, Dr. Ezra Cohen at Moore's Cancer Center, to find out. He came in delighted, you know, and said, you know, this is near miraculous. Um, this is great. It's an extremely deep response. Um, he said, if, if I did go and do a biopsy, I could probably collect some cancer cells along that ridge. Um, but. Uh, we originally talked about a second modality. I'm not sure if we're going to need to do that. I had no idea that it would had decreased as much as it did. That was mind-blowing for, for me. I mean, this was the first good news I got in a year. That's huge. It was a huge thing for me. When was that first scan again? Nine, nine weeks ago. Just nine weeks ago. I, I sort of feel like I know when I turn the corner, and it was about the six-week mark for me which is crazy, because I know that these drugs typically take a little bit longer. But I, I mean, seriously, all of a sudden, swallowing, waking up in the morning with a sore throat, all those things just went down 30%. It was almost like, almost overnight that those changes occurred. Maybe it was a little sl more slight than that. That's amazing. But over a 72-hour period, let's pretend. I just started to notice huge changes, That's and amazing. I just kept getting better and better. So, how is your life now since you've been starting to feel better since the immunotherapy? You know, what are you kind of back to doing and looking forward to? Gone, I've gone back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which, <clears throat> you know, it's it's one of the hardest martial arts because it's grappling. You know what I mean? So you're on the ground wrestling, doing you know that kind of stuff, and uh, so and you know I'm coming back slow. You know, coupled once or twice a week. I'm not going every day, and you know, but it's important to me because there's such a camaraderie in that particular martial art, and I've been doing it for 18 years. So, um, it, it's part of my lifestyle that I. It's it is literally a lifestyle, and it's something that I was scared to death to give up. Without a tongue, I think that's a tough one to do. I don't know how I would have been able to do that. Yeah, I've been riding my motorcycle a lot more. Um, we've been talking about uh, playing music and touring again. Um, now, have you had? Did you have to stop drumming for a while? 
yeah, I wasn't able to play drums. I mean, I could hit them a little bit, but I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't have gone and done a two-hour concert, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I feel like I could do that. I have to drink a lot of water because <laughs> my salivary glands don't work very well. But I could do it, you know what I mean? It's getting there, you know? All that stuff's getting there. And I can spend a lot more time with my kids and put more focus on them. Because they would just, I mean, I had to have a nanny all the time because I would just burn out. I'd hit a wall. And, and when you hit the wall, as anybody knows, with cancer treatments, it is a wall. I mean, it's not like a, a slow down break. It is like, you're done, sit down, take a break, go to bed for a while. I mean, I, I would, I mean, honestly, I have about a 15 minute window before I'd be like, okay, I gotta lay down. Now it's like I can get through, even if I'm tired, and I still have some fatigue here and there. But, um, but that's just because I can't get enough calories in, I think. Honestly, I think mm. that's more of it. Uh, than anything. Outside of that, the immunotherapy has made me feel, I, I don't really have side effects from it. And I have had some, again, you know, where I'd get tired. But that's really it. I mean, some muscle aches, but I'm not sure what that's from. You know, it could be, you know, I'm 54 years old, too, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I do have kids, and so I'm old to have kids, yeah. so yeah, I'm going to have some muscle aches, I think. <laughs> so what part of it's immunotherapy drugs and what part of it's life, I'm not sure. Right. Honestly, I, I think the last coughing fit I had was the last uh, episode of Game of Thrones <laughs> when uh, I was just, I mean, maybe I was worked up because, you know. I, <laughs> I watched it. I was you know, a yeah. fan, too. <laughs> I mean, so we're sitting there eating. And, you got and, overexcited. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was part of it, too, you know. So previously, just a couple of months after Ricky began immunotherapy, they saw that most of his cancer was gone. So that brings us up to the day I talked to him, the day of the scan to determine if his cancer is completely gone or not, a time full of what Ricky and TC call anxiety. So today is the day that I'm hoping we find out if I don't have to do a second modality. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do. I, I just mm -hmm. don't know. We, we'll have a talk tomorrow. <laughs> So. Great. The cancer is gone. You know the <laughs> do you feel you feel like it? It's going to be a good scan. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Great. There's a good chance that it'll all be gone. And it's good. I'm crossing my fingers for you. <laughs> me too. Now, if it turns around and kicks me in the butt again, I don't know how I'm going to be. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've got to be honest with you. So this recording of my conversation with Ricky in DC was from July 12th, 2016. The next day, Ricky's appointment to get the results of his scan was at one o'clock in the afternoon. I nervously awaited his email, which I got at 2.20, and here's what it said. I am cancer free, with three exclamation points. Then Ricky wrote, I'll be on the trial for the remainder as maintenance. It's a two-year trial, small price to pay. And that afternoon, Ricky posted a photo to Instagram of himself in front of Moore's Cancer Center, arms raised victoriously, declaring to the world that he is now cancer-free, thanks to Dr. Ezra Cohen and Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. And if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud or from our site at health.ucsd.edu, you'll see the picture there. 
Just a word of caution as we wrap up this episode so we don't get too hyped up here. Ricky's oncologist, Dr. Cohen, he says these types of immunotherapies for oral and other cancers are still in early phase clinical trials. And although quite promising, especially as we just heard for Ricky, yay, they're not quite at the point where they will completely replace the standard of care, which usually involves chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. But that's something the experts here at Morris Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health are trying to change. They're trying to advance immunotherapy to that point where more people will be able to benefit from it and hopefully get it earlier in their course of treatment before chemotherapy or radiation and maybe instead of those. Here's Dr. Patel again. So I think one of the issues is it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. It's unlikely that a single drug will have activity for all the patients um, who have cancer. It's very likely that's going to take combinations of therapy, like what has made um, the treatment of children's leukemia or adult Hodgkin's lymphoma or adult testicular cancer successful, or like in HIV where it takes a cocktail of drugs. Now it's likely not going to be as simple as just the same cocktail for every single patient. It may turn out that if you you know, are a young female with breast cancer, the immunotherapeutic cocktail you need is going to be very different than an older gentleman with pancreatic cancer. And in terms of doing the research to figure out which specific biomarkers, which specific tests tell you you need treatment combo A versus treatment combo B in terms of immunotherapy is something we're really trying to work out and that represents the major um, challenge um, to date. And while we've had really phenomenal success in certain tumor types like melanoma and Hodgkin's lymphoma with immunotherapy, even though we've had success in lung cancer, bladder cancer, and kidney cancer, and even breast cancer with immunotherapy, the response rates are only about one in four to one in three patients. And so that still leaves the majority of patients without an effective immunotherapeutic option. And it's for that reason um, we strive here at Moore's Cancer Center to have a variety of clinical trials of new therapies that stimulate the immune system in different ways to best fight the cancer. And so our hope is with these novel therapies, we'll find the next great immunotherapeutic drug um, to help our patients with, which will eventually become a standard. As for Ricky, we'll continue to stay in touch to keep up on his progress as he completes his immunotherapy trial. And that's it for this episode. I have to say it was really a pleasure to meet Ricky and TC, and we're so grateful to them for sharing their story. We wish both of them the best of luck. For N equals 1, this is Heather. Thanks for joining us.